Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is. We know Haney doesn't give a sh. Silencing critics, eliminate misses. Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better. Everybody knows the name. Read about it. We're golf teachers, Hall of Fame. Never doubt it. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth, here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Listening to Haney. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast. Hank Haney and Minnesota Tim Parachka here to review the WGC FedEx St. Jude, Minnesota Tim. That was uh, pretty good stuff. I watched every minute of the uh, Sunday telecast. When I wasn't dozing off. Actually, I started off watching a little bit on the uh, Champions Tour. And then uh, Furyk, who's winning. And by, by the way, the great predictor Steve Johnson predicted that. And, and I, uh, I I had to turn the channel immediately. I couldn't, I couldn't take it. I, I, it's just... Uh, anyway, I got to the WGC. It was a great tournament. Did you watch it? I did see some of it, Hank. I was able to see some statistics at the end of the tournament, but... When I saw that Michael Thompson, the great 3M Open winner, wasn't in contention, I had a difficult time. <laughs> he's your favorite player team. now, huh? Yeah, he's my favorite player for the year now. Favorite player for the year. Because of the 3M Open. It's not just a 3M Open, Hank. Yeah, it's the Minnesota 3M Open, I know. Yeah. Twin Cities. Blaine, Minnesota. Is Blaine, is Blaine Minnesota one of the Twin Cities? It's near the Twin Cities. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, Justin Thomas d- didn't let this one get away like he did at the uh, work day. Now, he was lamenting that in his interview afterwards, said that's going to bother him the rest of his life. But uh, he didn't He didn't let this one get away. 
Yeah, what do you think about Justin Thomas? Becomes the third youngest player to reach 13 wins. Yeah, behind Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods. That's pretty good company right there. Ahead of Roy McIlroy. Yeah. He just keeps getting better and better. I mean, I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a big Justin Thomas fan. You know that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like how he's improved. I like, you know, the fact that his, his father and him always seem to have a plan to improve. Uh, Mike Thomas, we had him on the, the podcast and, uh, you know, he, he's obviously, you know, so proud of his son, but he's, he's done an inc- incredible job coaching him and they, they just keep getting better and better. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer already, isn't he? I mean, one major, 13 wins. I don't know. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's his second trip to world number one. That's probably right there already. He's already in the Hall of Fame, you know, at 27 years old. So, I mean, what what, what else can you say about that? That's pretty good. Uh, you know, he's not there yet, but he will be when he's when he's eligible. And he's going to he's gonna tack on a bunch more wins. You know, it's it's uh, – you're not going to win them all. You're not like at work day. You're not going. It's going to happen. I mean, a lot of people think that's never going to happen to certain players. It's going to happen. I mean, I can't. I can't think of when, like Tiger's blown a tournament. But I mean, I can think about when you know Phil Mickelson, you know, blew a tournament. Obviously, the the one that comes to mind would be the U.S. Open at at, at Wingfoot, where they're playing again this year, and he gets a chance to redeem himself. Although at age fifty, it's going to be tough, but. Everybody's going to lose one, uh, you know. Maybe Tiger hasn't, uh, but he will. I mean, you know, there's going to be some point or some tournament from here to the end of his career when he's right there and he he you know has it within his grasp and he and something happens. It's just the you know it's like the Y E Yang moment. It's just going to happen. It doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. It's it's just a, the inevitable, really. And Justin Thomas is young enough, clearly, to, to learn from it. He made, he made a point with his interview with Amanda Bellionis that he didn't feel like he would have been standing there had he not uh, had that experience at work day, which, I, you know, I don't know about that. But, it, it, you know, it's, it, it, what his point was, he learned. And I don't know what he learned. He said he learned not to look at the scoreboard so much. The first time he took a look at it was on the 13th hall. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of that deal. I'm not a fan of pretending like there's not scoreboards out there. I'm not a fan of not knowing where you are. I'm, I, I like to see a player just kind of, you know, take charge of the moment. But it, it worked for him on Sunday. He just uh, stuck to his, his game plan and, you know, hit the, Hit the shots when he when he had to. So, I mean, he you know he's he's tough. He's good. There's no doubt about him. I mean, there's you know there's not. It's a short list, really, and the list seems like it's gotten even shorter. I, I you know I don't know who's on everybody's list, but you know you I mean Rory hadn't done anything. You know Rom. You know you got Justin Thomas, Rom. You know Rory. I mean you look at the top ten players in, in the in the world. I, I mean you got. Well, Rory, Rom, you know, those two guys, Justin Thomas, three. You know, then you got, I mean, what else you got? You got Kepka. I mean, he's he's kind of back on, you know, in the game now. We're going to get into him. You know, DeChambeau, I mean, you know, he's he's not on Justin Thomas's level. Patrick Reed's not either. Adam Scott clearly isn't. Cantley's, you know, good, but I don't know. I mean, it just it just seems to me like it's, they're kind of separating themselves 
these three guys. Are you saying they're a big three? Uh, well, I think they're a little big three. Yeah. You know, remember when Jason Day was a big three, Mr. Giddy? Yeah. After he won the PJ and he was going to be big three, who was it going to be? Him and Spieth and Rory, right? They were the big, they were the new big three. They, they thought they, they, they were uh, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholson, Gary Player. There are a few majors short in that group, but uh, especially uh, Jason Day. But uh, anyway, yeah, I think there's kind of big three now. There's not much separation, though. They're all right there. How long was Rom? He played one one week as number one, but it took one week off, so he was he was number one for two weeks. Yeah, what was your favorite John Rahm moment? As number one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he'll be back. You know, <laughs> Rahm's, Rahm's, Rahm's uh, tough. He's good. Yeah, they're all about the same, to be honest with you. <laughs> Rory, Rahm, <laughs> Justin Thomas. I mean, they are. They're all great players. They're all about the same. That's kind of it. That's, that's that's the deal. You see the statistics, though? They were, they were a little uh, different than what we usually talk about, although some things did come true, like uh, the winner, Justin Thomas, what, what was he? He was fifth place after the opening round, so that's that's a trend that, you know, it's about 90%. The winner on the PGA Tour comes from the top 10 after the first round. So you can cheer for the big comeback and all that, but usually nine out of ten times it's a guy who's in the top ten after the first round. Justin Thomas shoots sixty six; he's top ten after the first round, and um, you know he, he he goes on to win. But the rest of his stats were a little surprising because we look at this every week, Tim. You and I talk about this uh, now. T. De Green he was first, you know, and we always say that you can you you can kind of average these things out. He gained 13 strokes on the field, uh, uh, ball striking tee to green. I mean, that's that's pretty strong right there. Did you see his putting stat, though? Yeah, what is up with that, Hank? Well, he's 55th in putting. No, here's, here's the thing. Uh, winning score, he shoots 13 under. Uh, wins by three, ends up winning by three because uh, Kepka had the, the trouble on 18. Well, okay, so it's a little – the 55th is not good. There's no doubt about it. He's just he, – he's, he's not a great putter. I mean, I, I don't know what else you can say. That's that's his his Achilles heel. But if you get on a hard golf course, and this was par par 70, so, you know, right away that's a, that's a tougher test. You take a par 72 and you move it down to par 70, there's an extra – two par fives a day, so eight shots to, from the total. See, so, so I mean, if he was a par 72, 21 under would have won, but because it's a par 70, 13 under wins. So it's a little little misleading. But if you, if you shoot 13 under, you can do that if you dominate on the ball striking, which he did, uh, first strokes gained tee to green, and, you know, not – you don't have to make a lot of putts because you're, you know, you're 13 under. It's not you're not, you're not getting it. You're not going to win a tournament if the winning score is 20 something under par, and you're 55th in putting. Now, the, here's the thing that's misleading about that statistic for him: you, you gain strokes on putting. You know, the, the statistic is strokes gained on the field. So you gain strokes by making putts that other people don't make. And now. Everybody makes it from a foot, okay? I mean, they do. Nobody misses from a foot. Now, on the last four holes, 
Justin Thomas chips it to Gimme on four holes in a row. So he's not he's not gaining anything on the field on putting. Matter of fact, he's he's losing losing on the field because you know he's making it from a foot or six inches. I mean, he chipped it up there. Incredible. Those were unbelievable shots. Okay, maybe it was like two feet on on uh, sixteen, but but I mean, and fifteen was right in there close. He makes about a I don't know what he made a five footer there, and then he makes a. a uh, will he make on the next hole? Par five made about two footer there, and then he chips at about six inches, six inches. So, so for f- a four hole stretch there, you know he, he's he's making a, uh, putts that are not even an average of two feet long. So so in the statistical category, the strokes gained on the field, you're you're actually losing ground in that category on those four holes, but you've got four one putts. You know, the reason they do it like that is because it gives you more true number of how somebody putts. And, you know, they used to count it like how many putts you took for the round. Well, that's an indicator of your ball striking, how close you hit it to the hole, your chipping, how close you hit it to the hole, and your putting. The strokes gained putting is just an indication of the, of the the length of putts that you make. But anyway, I mean, if you're, if you're chipping it like he is, you you don't have to – you know, gain strokes on putting, and you're, and you're, you know, doing just fine, which is what he did. So, so that 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 statistics little mostly now those four holes are not going to, uh, you know, take it from 55th to, to top 10. But that's a combination of, of of reasons why he was 55th in putting and still won the tournament. Number one, only 13 under one, and he wins by three at 13 under. Well, only 13 under wins, par 70. That uh, it changes things a little bit. And then how well he chipped the ball. I mean, his, his short short game was incredible. What about it being a limited field, Hank? Does that have anything to do yeah, with yeah, it? Yeah, I'll have a little. That had, nah, I don't know. I mean, I mean probably not. I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. But I don't think it really does. No. Less chance of a guy to have that big putting week? Well, that's that's true. That's true. Fewer guys, yeah, fewer guys. But uh, you know, that's unusual. I mean, you don't see it much. But you're not going to see. You know, like I said, you're not going to see guys shoot 25 under and, and finish 55th in putting and win the tournament. It's not, you know, you can't ball strike strike it well enough to get to 25 under. Not not happening. But you can ball strike it good enough to get to 13. He didn't make any mistakes. Kepka made a bunch of mistakes. Kepka had three doubles. Three double bogeys, three double bogeys. So I want to, I want to uh, get into to Kepka a little bit. We'll take a break. Uh, hear from our sponsors. Tell everybody to also go to voodoopainrelief.com. Get your free two week supply. A lot of people are taking us up on that, and a lot of people are reordering because they love the product. You can also read all the testimonials on there. You know the, the you know the return rate on that product and a money back guarantee is less than uh, one tenth of one percent. Tim, uh, everybody who uses Voodoo Pain Relief Cream is getting great results. So t- try it out. You can try it for free. VoodooPainRelief.com. All right, we'll be right back on the Hank Any Podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> All right, let, let me just let's just close it out a little bit on, 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 on Justin Justin Thomas here. Uh, his his second trip, Tim, to number one in the world, and I don't know. I, I don't think he, you know it's necessarily. I'm not going to say he's going to be there for the you know like rest of his career. But, you know, all the odds are he's going to lose that ranking to somebody. <laughs> but I would say this is if he does, you know, and he, and he will. Uh, it won't be his last time to number one. He's just he's just too good. He's won three times this year. He won the uh, CJ Cup over at the uh, Nine Bridges in Korea, and the, the, uh, that was a wraparounder. He won the Century Tournament of Champions. Lost the work day in the playoff to uh, Kyle Morikawa. Should have won that one. Should have, would have, could have. And then he wins the uh, WGC to, to get to, to number one. 
Does that make him the favorite at the PGA next week? What are, what are the odds? Uh, you, you got those? Yeah, Rory McIlroy is still the favorite the last time is I checked. Is he really? Well, how can Rory McIlroy be the favorite? Seriously. I don't know. That's a good question. Give me the logic on that. I heard Mark Lye talking. You know, I, I you know I like Mark Lye. He's, he's a good friend of mine. He's you know he's knowledgeable. He he was picking Rory McIlroy too. He said because at Harding Park, where they're playing the PJ, and Mark grew up playing that golf course, Mark Lye, and he said on that golf course you really need to be able to hit the ball right to left, and he thinks it really favors a right to left player, which you know was interesting because. Nick Faldo said that, you know, Kepka's almost got his game back. As soon as he gets that little fade off the tee, he'll be, he'll be, you know, back. And uh, Mark Lye's saying, you know, you got to draw the ball at, at Harding Park. You know, have to, but he said it's a big advantage to him. Rory, 53rd in putting last week. I mean, he's, he, he had, you know, Rory's, Rory's putting. I mean, how, how do people think that a guy – is just going to all of a sudden have a great putting week. I, I mean, I guess Rory could could do what what Justin Thomas just did and just be number one blitz him on the ball striking. Like when people pick these players to win, and I mean, I, you can put them on your list, and I mean, I'll put them on my list too because it's you know it's a you got to strike the ball and like Mark Lai said, right to left course and everything. You know that's all good. But but when a guy hasn't really putted good or you know all year long, I don't know what he is. Eighty six, Rory, in, in, in putting. I don't know if they've updated that, but eighty six for the season or the stats that I'm looking at. I'm putting. How many weeks has he putted well enough to win? And the answer to that is probably like none, none. And then, and yet, and yet, everybody is sure that he's going to do it at Harding Park and Poana Greens. By the way, you know, I mean, that those are a little tough to putt. You know, you can get you know, get some bad greens in the afternoon. It does seem, though, Hank, like you don't need your best putting week to win the PGA Championship. No, last that's true. year, last that's year, true. Brooks Kepka was forty sixth in strokes gained putting and one. Okay, that's true. I mean, major championships lower. You know, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I could that you know that you can. I'll give you that. It's a possibility, but let me just put it this way. Uh, how, how about this? You know, there, there, there's there's certain guys that okay. If Rom finishes twentieth in putting, okay. It, it, let's just say let's just say Boyd finishes forty sixth in putting again, okay, or whatever. That's what Kepka did, but. If what if Rom finishes top ten in putting, top fifteen? You're not gonna beat him. What if Justin Thomas finishes top ten, top fifteen in putting? You're not gonna beat him. What if Dustin Johnson finishes top ten, top fifteen in putting? You're not gonna beat him. What if uh Webb Simpson finishes top ten in putting? You're not gonna beat him. What if Kepka finishes top ten, top fifteen in putting? You're not gonna beat him. Uh, what if Cantley finishes top 10 in putting? You're not going to beat him. What if Tiger finishes top 10 in putting? You're not going to beat him. What if Shoffley finishes top 10 in putting? You're not going to beat him. What if Morikawa uh, finishes top 10 in putting? You're not going to beat him. Uh, Justin Rose, what, what? I mean, it, well, Gary Woodland, what if he finishes top 10 in putting? He's putting better. What if he finishes top? You're not going to beat him. 
so, you know, I, I just named, you know, 10, 12 players. Uh, now, those guys could all finish outside the top 10, top 15 in putting. But if any one of those guys does, you know, have a great week putting, DeChambeau, what if he finishes top 10? You're not going to beat him. Uh, if, if one of those guys finishes top 10 in putting, then your chances are, are have gone from, you know, slim to nil. Now, if all those guys don't have a good putting, which is very, very doable because it's, you know, I mean, 15 guys, you know, they're not all going to, they're not all the best putters and they're not all going to putt great next week. But if any of them do, that that's your problem, see? That's why it's hard to win. That's why it's hard to win major championships because if one of those guys has a great putting week and and you don't, then you're you know you're you're not going to beat them. That's 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 the problem. So you're you're not really you know you're not really controlling your own destiny. Now, if you if you want to control your own destiny, you do it with a you know a top ten putting week and top ten ball striking week, and then it's you know probably parties over unless somebody else you know and, and somebody else with great experience, somebody else that I just listed matches you with the same type of statistics. But you're right. I mean, it could happen, and it did happen last year with uh, with, with Kepka. But, I mean, I, you know, I, I like the fact that Justin Thomas has, you know, he's got three wins this year. He's number one in the world. And he hasn't really, he hasn't even had a great putting week yet. I mean, what about when he, what if he has a great putting week somewhere? I mean, if he has a great putting week somewhere, that's going to, you know, chalk it up another win for him. I mean, you know, he's he's strong enough ball striking wise. I mean, by the way, you know, he's, he's after this last week, I mean, he's, you know, which he's first. So, I mean, he's, he's first strokes getting tee to green on the PJ Tour. You know, I mean, and 74th in putting. I mean, if he, you know, now you, you look at when, you know, Tiger, when he was dominating, 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 I mean, he was, you know, first in strokes gained tee to green and, you know, top 10 in putting. Uh, you know, oftentimes better than that. And and, and that, that's how you dominate. I mean, that that's that's when you got a stranglehold on number one. None of these guys do because because of this, this, this putting statistic that sticks out with, uh, with Justin Thomas, but if he gets that better, and I think it's just you know a question of just he can get to he can get get that putting stat down to the forties or fortieth in putting, and he'd probably okay if he just you know gets a little bit better with his speed control. That's about all he's got to do. But yeah, but but these guys are pros; they're all good. They you know they're great. The worst putter on tour is is a, you know a good putter. I mean, you know, and I say they're not, he's not a good putter. It's relatively speaking. I mean, they're all great putters. I mean, they wouldn't be on the tour if they weren't. They sure wouldn't be winning tournaments. They wouldn't be a Hall of Fame golfer if he couldn't putt. But relatively speaking, compared to the rest of the field, not great. And, but but they're, they're clearly capable. And we saw that with, uh, with your man last, uh, last week at the 3M Open. Michael uh, Thompson, because he was he was nowhere. What was he like? One hundred sixtieth in putting. 
Yeah, he was terrible. And then what did he do? And what was he? He's like top five, I think. Yeah, top five. So I mean, you know, there you go. I mean, that you know, if a hundred, if a guy that's one hundred sixtieth can finish top five, but good luck predicting that. By the way, you know, good luck, good luck on the prediction. But let's get into Kepka in a little bit. All right, let's uh, let, let's let's do that when we uh, when we come back. We'll, we'll we'll take another break. We want to remind everybody to go to HaneyUniversity.com, register for my free instructional videos. We've also got some great offers on products on there, but register for the free instructional videos that are sent out daily, so you can get on that. Uh, that list and, and those come your way. We'll hear from our sponsors and be right back on the Hank Any Podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
All right, Tim, give me your thoughts on Kepka. Is he back? Is he back? Man, yeah. it's hard not to say that he's back, especially one week before a major championship. However, he did win this tournament last year, so he has great confidence coming into this week. First strokes gained, approach shots to the green. That's, That's pretty a pretty good. good number. Third tee to green, really good for him. Yeah, and it's one week before a major championship, and you can't you can't rule him out. I mean, it's just it's just what he does. Yeah, third tee to green with a, a water ball on on the eighteenth uh, hole. Is that a choke? <laughs> I don't think so. Did you see his interview? What did he I say? I did. What, yeah. what he he uh, he's always got a line, doesn't he? Oh yeah. Oh man, he is a he's a I love that guy. I like Kepka. I like he he didn't take any crap from anybody. He didn't he 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 did not take any crap. What did he say? He said, uh, they asked him, what, uh, were, do you feel good about it? And what did he say? Uh, why wouldn't I or something? What, what, what was yeah, he goes, he goes, you're one back. You've got to take an aggressive line there. I'm not going to bail out in those bunkers. I didn't hit that bad of a tee shot. Maybe just lined up a little bit left or what. Pleased with it. Why wouldn't I be? Yeah. Because it went in the water. Well, he explained it. I mean, he, he he's like... Okay, Justin Thomas had a two-shot lead. He knew he had a two-shot lead because his caddy had looked at the scoreboard by the time they got to 17, okay, or 18-T. Jim's Bone McKay, by the way. Yeah, Bones McKay, yeah. He, uh, which, how about him? Uh, just stepping on the bag, getting that. That's a, that's a 6% or something. I don't know what he gets, 10%. I don't know what he gets on a win, 6%, 10%. I don't know what they get. I mean, they all got different deals. How about that, though? Deal's a deal. <laughs> Deal's a deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, ex- ex- except with uh, Kuchar. But uh, actually, his, his deal was not a deal with him because he uh, he said he was paying him certain. And then, you know, the guy ended up wanting more. So, you know, Kuchar, you know, felt like he, he kind of got screwed. But but anyway, I'm sure Bones McKay had it all figured out. Uh, by the way, you think he's going to want to uh, still be doing uh, TV, marching around, carrying that pack, uh, 155 yards away, he's hitting a, a pitching wedge, pins on the right, win on the left, uh, balls below his feet a little bit, don't miss to the right, yeah, 184 yards, hitting a, hitting a, a nine iron, eight iron, uh, balls a little above his feet, uh, pins on the left, wins coming off the right. You think he's going to look forward to doing that again? No. For for uh, wonder what wonder what they're paying him. I don't know. What, what did he just make here? Ten ten percent on a win. I don't know. Eight six percent on a win. Whatever it is. Uh, how much did uh, what 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 did what did, uh, what did Justin Thomas make for this? What what do these things pay? This WGC over a million dollars. Oh, way over a million dollars. WGC. What? How much does this thing pay? Justin Thomas gets one point eight million. Oh, geez. Okay, well, okay, 10%. What the caddy gets of 180,000? It's probably what he's it's probably what he makes for a whole year marching around uh 165 yards. He's hitting a pitching wedge, uh, wins behind his back. You, know, you don't want to miss it short. I mean, just you know, give me some more of that great information. Can't wait to hear that commentary. Jeez. Useless. What a waste of time. Anyway, uh he, he guys, guys carried any uh, for uh, somebody else last week. Yeah, Matthew Fitzpatrick. 
And he fin- didn't he finish top ten or something? I mean, he's he's cashing in. You know, he's got the you know he, the same doctor that replaced my knees, Doctor Ted Firestone, that replaced both of Bones' knees too. Wow, how about that? Guys walking around, uh, two brand new knees walking around, uh, caddying like that. It's pretty impressive. Give a little little way to go to Doctor Firestone. That's pretty good. You should be getting a percentage too. Gets the guy, <laughs> gets the guy walking again. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Bones Bones uh, cashed in. Didn't have to say a lot either. Justin Thomas was pretty much leading that show. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it, it, when he did say something, I'm sure it was it was uh, useful. He's, he's, he's one of the best. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it, it's a small list. I mean, he's, he's certainly on it. There's, there's, there's no two ways about that. That was a, a little he they played with Mickelson in the last group. What did you think of that? A little interaction or the 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 you know he couldn't do much with the COVID or anything. It's not you know, they're not gonna hug it out, but man, that was a kind of a uh, an eighteen, it was like, you know, Phil just kind of, hey, see you guys later or something, or way to go, or it it seemed like a little icy to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading that into it. I don't know. It seemed a little icy, but I don't know. Anyway, Bones is a good guy. He'll be on the bag for uh, uh, Justin Thomas at uh, the PGA, too, uh, while his man, uh, Jimmy Johnson, gets touched on the I guess he's been having dizzy spells, uh, Justin's caddy. All right, back to back to Kepka. He's, he's one of these guys that once he gets a little confidence going, I mean, look out. And I'm sure he's coming in there to, to Harding Park for the PGA as confident as all get out. And they asked him about how he felt or something going to the PGA, and he and he questioned the guy. Did you did you hear that one where he he, he gave another uh, about a two word answer on that one? No, I didn't hear that one. You know, he, he said something. He said, "Who's who's who's defending?" Oh, and the guy says, "You are back to back." Yeah, yeah, back to back. Exactly. He's going to be, and now he's coming off of this. Okay, so the 18th hole, did he did he blow it? Nah, I don't know. I mean, okay, Justin Thomas got the two shot lead. Justin Thomas can miss it. Yeah, listen, you know when you're playing. You, you should know when you're playing. Everybody should know this, but a good player knows this. You, you know, you know where you can miss. That's what you know right away. And like when 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 I well, play golf and take a caddy and the, you know, the caddy's, you know, telling you where to go. He says, you want to go here? You want to go there? This is where you want to go. I'm like, but I can see where I want to go. I mean, I've played golf before. I don't know the golf course. I can see where the fairway is. I can see where the green is. I can tell this whole dog legs to the right or dog legs to the left. I get it. What I want to know is, where do I have room to miss? And Justin Thomas already knows he's played the course, you know, before. And he knows on the 18th hole, you cannot miss in the water. You can miss over to the right. You can miss to the right, especially with a two-shot lead, because I can I can hit it as far right as I want to. I can get the next one down there and the third one on the green and either make par bogey. And in all likelihood, I still win the tournament because it's a tough hole. He knows that. So when he stands up on the 18th hole, he's like, just don't hit this thing in the water. And, you know, halfway in his downswing, he just decides to make sure it doesn't go in the water and he sends it straight right. Okay, Kepka doesn't have that that luxury on 18 because Kepka 
if Kepka does that, then a great shot, a great shot from bailing it out to the right, a great shot's going to be 50, 60 feet from the hole. A great shot. Justin Thomas couldn't get it on the green. Kepka knows he's got to make birdie. In order to make birdie, he's, he's got to put the ball in the fairway. I mean, he can't put the ball over there in those bunkers. That's where Daniel Berger put it, and he couldn't couldn't do anything with it. So you can't you can't bail out in the bunkers. You can't bail out right of the bunkers. You got to put the ball in the fairway. So he's got to take a more aggressive line in order to give himself a chance to make birdie. And the more aggressive line is going to be one that's going to bring the water into play. And like like he said, and this is where they hide behind stuff like this. He's not going to say, I made a bad swing. He's not going to admit he made a bad swing. He's not going to admit the moment got to him. No no, no way, no how is he going to say that. He's just going to say, you know, I probably aimed a little too much to the left. I really didn't hit that bad of a shot. And it wasn't. It's not like it was in the middle of the lake. I mean, it was just a little bit in the lake. Uh, but clearly not the shot that that he wanted. But I, I think he just blows that off uh, and – you know, he was third strokes gained tee to green with a, a, a water ball in the last hole. So without that, he probably would have finished second strokes gained tee to green. Now, that's a pretty darn good week for him, especially somebody that's uh, sitting where he's been sitting. His strokes gained uh, tee to green number has, has not been what you call good. Not been what you call good at all. I mean, he's, he's, he's struck the ball awful this year. I mean, awful. And, you know, I mean, that that – with that performance, he moved up to 71st and strokes gained T to green. That's, you know, he, he was out, you know, way outside uh, of that before the week started. I don't know where he was, but he was close to 100 or something. So that's a good step in the right direction for him. And his, you know, his, his T ball was, you know, decent, 30th, but his approach shots were great. So I'm sure he feels really, really confident. Hold, hold some good putts. Got a putting lesson this week. Change that. You know, that usually that little quick jolt of confidence that guys get from a little lesson, even if the coach doesn't tell much of anything, although he made some pretty good changes. He put the ball more in the center of his putter, put his putter more flat on the ground instead of in the heel up. A couple good changes he made there. Those are big changes. But in your mind, you're thinking – yeah, you know what? This is really feels good. This is going to help. And then you hold a couple putts, and boom, there you go. The confidence comes back. That was quite a putty held on 17. Jeez, this guy's a, he's a gamer. His shot on 16 was the big shot. You know, it's a big shot. Uh, Faldo made a good comment, said he maybe brought it in a little too low. The problem is when you hit that shot perfect with a sand wedge from the fairway, it's going to have a lot of spin on it, and it's going to go low. When they when they when they're going low, they're really really spinning. And yet, the first bounce was too big because of how low it was, and that carried it too far. And then it looked like it tried to grab, but it was too late, and it rolls over the back of the green. And and you know, and the next thing you know, he makes he makes bogey because he's now he's got no shot back there. All he hit a pretty good. Pretty good pitch shot from back there. So he probably could have brought it in a little higher. higher. I thought Feldo's comment was good, but he didn't. And that was, uh, that looked like it kind of shocked him. I don't think he hit a bad shot at all. I think he probably felt like he hit a great shot, but it just didn't didn't turn out that way on 17 and then 18. So, so for him, you know, and, and you know, Kepka's the finisher. 
I mean, he just is. But he's been so far down all year. I don't care who you are. It's got to, you know, feel a little different being in contention. And even when you're as great a champion as Kepka is, it's got to feel a little different being in contention. But now that he's been there one week in a row, I think the, I think the point is is that you know, yeah, if he can come with if he can come with some game next week, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be good for him. You see, he's, he's got his ball striking better. He felt the felt the uh, contention, the competition, and. You know, he's, he's probably got super amount of confidence because he he's, feels like his game's kind of back and he, you know, knows he's a major championship player. So it's all good for him, for sure. Now, what did that do to his odds at, uh, at the PGA? Did that put – Yeah, put he's second in the odds right now for the, for the PGA championship, Hank. And um, also he moves up from – I mean, for most of the year, he wasn't anywhere near the FedEx Cup playoffs – he goes from 155th to 92nd in the FedEx Cup. Okay, so at least he's in. And what do they, what do they got? Like two, they only got two more weeks, right? You got the PGA, you got PGA and Wyndham, and then you got the playoffs, Northern Trust BMW Tour Championship. So that moves him at least. And he's a long way from East Lake, which is top 30, make it there. But at least he's in the, you know, he's in the top 125. He's, he's, you know, with two tournaments to go, he's not going to get, he's not going to miss the playoffs totally. But for him to make it to Eastlake, he's going to have to, he's going to probably, well, he's, he's going to need a, another first or second. You know, I mean, if, he gets, if it's a second, he's going to need to back it up with another top 10. So he's going to need a second and another top 10, or he's going to need a win. In the, you know, before they get to East Lake, which is you know four tournaments away, the the PGA Wyndham and the two playoff events, he's going to need that. But at least he's in the game now, and I'm sure he didn't want to want to miss that. Although it wouldn't be the end of the world, he's always he's counting his major championships. But the big thing is, is he feels like he's in the game at uh, Harding Park. So that's gonna uh, that's gonna dominate the talk this week. I think people are fired up. You fired up for the PGA or not? I am excited for the PGA. I'm excited yeah. to see what Tiger's going to come with, which I'm sure we'll get into this week. I bet the ratings are going to be huge on the PGA. What you, I think they are. Uh, I think people are really, really excited for a major championship. I mean, it's something that means something. I mean, you got, you know, basketball's going, but they're playing these play-in games. Baseball just started the season. Who knows even what they're going to do because they got so many uh, COVID uh, tests positive. But... And then you got the hockey's doing the play-in thing. I mean, the only thing that's really got something going is golf. You got you got a, a major championship coming up next week. I think it's going to be big, really big. And and like you said, Tiger, I think it's going to be good. So we got we got a lot to talk about. The great predictor is going to come on with us uh, this week. He's working on his list. You know, we have that list of. Uh, he, he loves to talk about the club pros at the PGA, so he'll be into that. And he'll gloat. I'm just going to warn you. Uh, Steve Johnson will be gloating about picking Jim Furyk. Uh, I touched on that at the beginning of the podcast. He'll be he picked Jim Furyk to win his his first Champions Tour event. I couldn't even watch the thing. I I, I I'm sure he's a nice guy. I get it, but I, I just I it drives me crazy. Okay, I I they turn on the TV and there's Jim Furyk. Okay, first off, I'm like, oh my god, Jim Furyk. I got to watch this guy. Uh, you know, because he. I, 
when I worked for ESPN, every every tournament they made me go follow Jim Furyk, and I'm like, oh my god, do I have to go follow this guy again? I mean, so I'm following this guy. You know, he's just he's a great player, but it's just so boring. And 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 what you know what drives me nuts? It's every time he misses a putt, he he misses. You know, most guys just miss the putt, then they walk to the hole. When he misses a putt, he realigns himself and then takes another practice stroke after he missed. It drives me crazy. I'm like, he, he, I turn on the TV. He's got a 40-footer. He misses it like, you know, four inches to the left. And after the ball misses, instead of just walking after it and t- tapping it in, no, 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 we got to stop realign and practice stroke again. I'm like, well, you just missed it. You barely missed from 40 feet. Well, I mean, well, what are you practice stroking again for? Anyway, he won. He won the Champions Tour event. My man Tommy Armour had a chance, and then he had a terrible last round, 75 the last round, which I, I look at the statistics. He missed two fairways and four greens. I'm like, how do you shoot 75? That is not a good putting day for T.A., but he's uh, back hitting it good. Uh, Furyk wins and Steve's all, you know. He, he, he texts me. He says, I gave you a layup on Furyk. Next time you ought to take it, you know, because he let, led me into Furyk. I said, no, he's not going to win. So I got that one wrong. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, you know what? I can't. I wouldn't pick him if he was the only guy playing in the tournament. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I wouldn't. I, 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 can't, I, I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch. I couldn't do it. I, I, I couldn't do it. It's just so boring. And I don't know how anybody watches that. <laughs> Paint dry. No, it's like watching. Like I said, it's like like I'm painting my house. Okay, my new house. I'm painting it, and I'm like, I'm like, I might as well just paint the wall and just stand there and watch it dry. And that's like watching uh, Jim Ferrick play golf to me. That's I. Okay, it just I don't care how good it is. And and the thing is, you know, boring is good. There's no doubt about that in golf. This boring's consistent, but man, let somebody else watch it. I can't do it. Can't do it. Justin Thomas give you a little excitement, and he's hitting it everywhere. How about that? And luck too. You got to get lucky, don't you? You see how lucky he got? Man, fifteen hits that ball straight left, left to the creek. Hits the car path. Could have gone anywhere. He's got a clear open shot. But I'm immediately thinking to myself. You got to get lucky to win tournaments. This is, you know, good chance this is his week. But when you get lucky, you have to take advantage of it. And sure enough, he takes advantage of it. He pitches it up there like, you know, three feet. And then on uh, the par five, 16, he hits it straight right. You know, another bad drive. And he, you know, needs to get lucky again. And he gets lucky. And then he, you know, Hits a good recovery shot and gets lucky again because it hit a branch. Could have gone anywhere, but it, it went where he still had a shot. And then he he takes advantage of that lucky shot and hits that up close. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of what happens. Why it's hard to win. First in, in uh, strokes gain T to green. And, uh, you know, probably first in some good breaks too. Two of them right there with a chance to win. He pointed that out. He gets it. He understands. That's the way it is when you when you win tournaments. So Justin Thomas, the new number one player. Well, all right, Tim. Uh, we'll get into the PGA this week. I uh, appreciate you joining me. 
And uh, remind everybody to follow us on Twitter at Hank Haney. Follow Tim on Twitter at Tim Parachka. Uh, check out uh, the Minnesota Tim podcast, too. He'll be uh, throwing some uh, sports opinions out at you there. Uh, my new book is, is out, How to Play Better Golf Today. You can find that at HaneyUniversity.com, where you can also register for my free instructional videos. They'll be coming your way. And most importantly, uh, please tell your friends about the Hank Haney podcast and uh, hit the follow button on the iHeartRadio app. So we're there every day with the Hank Haney podcast. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Hank Haney podcast. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Monogram at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Looking for a better solution to keep your firearms in high-performance condition? Visit RiptideArmory.com for the most advanced proprietary gun cleaning formula on the market. Right now, get up to $40 off any cleaning kit for a limited time on RiptideArmory.com and take advantage of this amazing deal today. Riptide's two-step cleaning kit offers state-of-the-art technology and guaranteed satisfaction. Riptide Armory is a veteran-founded business, and you can trust that all chemicals are American-made and quality-tested. Shop RiptideArmory.com.